0: Hey everyone, welcome back to You're Only Human, a podcast designed for perfectly imperfect people, a place where we can have discussions on anything and everything. With each episode, I will bring you what's been on my mind and we can talk about it. It could be anything from spirituality to the latest TV show I binged to a random shower thought to mental health. Here, it's all about the ups and downs of life on earth and remembering that you're only human. Recording from the kitchen table, I am your host, Brenna Stone, and let's get started on today's episode. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Your Only Human. Thank you for listening, and I'm glad you're here, and I hope you're well. So, if you follow me... On Instagram, you probably saw that I posted a photo of my cat George, who wanted to be at the end, be in the end of the last episode, right? You may have heard his meow. I'm not sure. I think I heard it when I listened back to make sure it all sounded good, but I don't remember because I listened through it once and then I'm done, and then I just throw it up there on the on Anchor, right? Okay. Anyway. I put in a poll if you wanted to make him the host, and the majority vote was to make him the host. Unfortunately, he is over there taking a nap after eating a snack, so he will not be joining me, you know, his co-host, he will not be joining his co-host in today's episode. So I thought that was funny, I found a lot of joy in that little poll because I love George. Anyway, we're going to jump back to what we're talking about, which is the episode, Slow Living, and it's a beginner's guide, because I want to talk about what it is, what it means, why it's important, misconceptions, uh, benefits, you know, a little bit of everything, but for beginners. So no more wasting any more of your time. Let's get right into it with the first part, which is what is slow living or slow life? You may have heard these terms in the last few years with the spike in popularity around this type of life and mindset. I even briefly touched on it in a podcast episode titled Glorification of Busy released in 2019. However, the concept first came alive in the 1980s in Italy, and to directly quote from the Wikipedia page, it began with Carlo Petrini's protest against the opening of a McDonald's restaurant in the Spanish Plaza in Rome in 1986 that sparked the creation of the slow food movement. This subculture of slow food movement bled into all other areas of people's lives and created slow life as a whole me, it makes sense. Um, It may not be, but I feel like it is well known already that some Europeans tend to have a slower pace at life than those in the Western world, primarily the United States. Uh, Like how a portion of the French take August off work, and things are always closed on Sundays, and things like that, right? But that is pretty much unheard of in the U.S., it seems like. Much less people even take their, their normal time off. And that is even if they get any kind of benefits package like that, where they get paid time off. And you know what? I think it's silly that that's part of benefits a pack, benefits package. Thank you for sticking with me through that stutter. Um, but that's a, that's a story for another podcast. Over time though, it has trickled into the Western world and more and more people resonate with it. More so after a global pandemic where we were having to slow our lives down dramatically and rearrange what we did on a day-to-day basis. I would say though, despite the uptick in popularity, it's still more of a subculture and often misunderstood. So, you know, slow living isn't a scary thing either. Some people probably view it and think it's very scary to like, slow down, but it's not. It's not a scary thing in my opinion, because its goal is to steer away from all the speed and fastness of the modern world like fast fashion, fast food, etc. That's not to say you have to give up any of the modern inventions such as internet or phones either. It really just means you're consuming less and taking a slower approach to life. In Carl Honoré's 2004 book, In Praise of Slow, he describes it like so. It is a cultural revolution against the notion that faster is always better. The slow philosophy is not about doing everything at a snail's pace. It's about seeking to do everything at the right speed, savoring the hours and minutes rather than just counting them, doing everything as well as possible instead of as fast as possible. It's about quality over quantity in everything from work to food to parenting. And while I have not read that book, I read that quote about slow slow living from that book, and now I do. and not to immediately follow up with another quote, because I know it's kind of cheesy, but in my search to find, like, quotes from people about it, I found that I really enjoyed this foreword by Giorgio Locatelli in the 2009 book, Go Slow, Italy, Special Local Places to Eat, Stay, and Savor by Alistair Sade. And the foreword reads, as such, please excuse any pronunciations I have. I get tongue-tied when I read things, but I didn't want to have to memorize this quote, right? So, here it goes. Food inspires conviviality, Liety? <laughs> and it is central to all that is slow. I remember the lovely atmosphere at mealtimes at home in Italy when I was little, the sense that everyone has come together to join in with the preparation of a meal. My grandmother would be stirring something, my mother chopping, my grandfather grating the parmesan, and I would lay the table. Everyone played a role. I learned about cooking too, especially the respect for good ingredients, and I absorbed a lot of knowledge. I always ask my children to help at home because I want them, too, to have that sense of creating something together. Meal times are important for families. Sometimes, when friends invite me for supper, I can see that they are really stressed. There's smoke coming out of the kitchen and their hair is on end. I hate to see that. I would rather that they just put out a nice piece of cheese, some bread, and some wine. Then we could all relax. Spending time with people is the important thing, not what you eat. Lots of people have this idea that food is a problem and they sigh when they wonder what to cook for supper. You don't find that in Italy. Nobody minds the little bit of work because they love the end result, the bit where they stop and sit down together. Food seems to bring more happiness in Italy than anywhere else. The slow movement is reconnecting people with a regional culture. I am totally in tune with it and so are the people in this book. They can work a special magic for you." And that's the foreword. And I read it and I fell in love with it. Not only because it connects back to the slow movement from the 1980s that started in Italy, but it often reminds me of my own childhood. Um, I grew up where we did have meals around the table, and we were all a part of it. For, for the majority of growing up, we were all a part of it. And there are times in my own life where I like to do that a couple times a week, where we're all involved in the meal prep, and we all get to play a part in it. And I really enjoy that. And so I really liked this forward. And Honestly, that's my little explanation about slow living, but of course, it can be more nuanced than my singular description of it, and I will put the Wikipedia pages um, in the description of this episode for you, so they should already be there if you're listening to this. Now, before I continue to the importance of it, misconceptions, and benefits of it all, I want to touch on one more thing like very briefly it's so brief that it's I just had to put it in here okay anyway I want to touch on the Danish Norwegian word hygge it's spelled h-y-g-g-e I wanted to touch on that for a brief moment it stems from Old Norse and can roughly describe a quote unquote mood of coziness while it doesn't exactly mean the same thing as slow living does, it carries the same vibe and sentiment. And so I just think that's cool. and I think that's something to think about, but I don't want to go too in depth on what that is because it's, it's a bit different and it does have a bit more history than um, slow living does. Okay, so we're going to go and we're going to read some ads real quick and then I will be back to finish out the episode. I'll see you then. Welcome back to the other side of the ads. Hope it was short, hope it was sweet. And now let's get into why it's why I think slow living is important, some of the misconceptions, and some of the benefits. My thoughts and feeling on why slow living is important for us can be summed up as slow living demands, we create time, space, and boundaries between us, our well-being, and the never-ending demands of global capitalism. So it's important to focus regionally and locally as best you can. And in doing so, you can create that space between you and the never-ending global capitalism that we live in today in 2022. A few misconceptions people may have when they first hear about slow living is that those people are lazy. Far from it. Because, in my opinion, slow lazing or slow lazing, laziness, (laughs) I combine the two, laziness does not exist. But that is for another day, another podcast episode. So, be like, slow living does not mean you have to, you know, stay at home all the time. You, you don't work. You don't have some kind of career. You just bum around. No. Slow living are little things that you do throughout your day that can be more mindful and more intentional that add more joy to your life. So definitely not lazy. Uh, because we focus on the quality. Right? Not the quantity. That's what it means when you're slow. You have to become super minimalist. That is one of the other misconceptions. And nope. It's not about not buying anything. It's about being mindful about what you do buy and where you you buy it from. I think there are a lot of, of people as well that think to live slowly you have to obtain all the aesthetics, more specifically the quote-unquote that girl trend aesthetics, but you know, the aesthetics don't matter. Unless that's something that genuinely brings you joy in your life, it doesn't matter. Uh, my place is not the per- picture-perfect aesthetic apartment. We live in like 750 square feet and it is packed with all kinds of random knickknacks and sentimental things that bring us joy because I consistently make sure that if I buy something, I want it and that I'm not just buying into consumerism. So it's not that you have to become super minimalist or you have to have the aesthetics for it, it just means you're more mindful and intentional, right? the benefits the benefits are invaluable by slow living and being mindful on a daily basis you can reduce your overall stress you can narrow down on what's really important to you thus creating time and space in your life for it which in turn creates fulfillment you can strengthen relationships because when you mindfully create time with other people, you can connect on a deeper level. You naturally become more eco-conscious because you will start to gravitate towards products may maybe made in small handmade batches, or maybe you start using what you have before you purchase more, right? So you can see the positive snowball effect shifting into a more slow life can hold. And for me, it's a daily practice. I really try and it daily but I'm not perfect right so what are some tips on how to start if you are currently like living in a super fast life and you just want to slow down for a minute all right number one start small it takes time to rewire your brain to be more mindful Be gentle with yourself because there will be days when maybe you don't implement any slow living because sometimes that happens, right? Number two, learn to say no. Say no to activities you don't actually want to do. Say no to that work meeting that is technically outside of your working hours. It's good to keep in mind That no is a complete sentence all on its own. You don't have to even do any explanation. No is a complete sentence all on its own. Okay? Number three. Find a small joy each day. And what do I mean by small joy? Something that sparks joy in your life. It's really that simple. Whether it be how good your coffee tastes or how fluffy your socks are or the way the sun warms your face or how cute your cat looks while they're sleeping, right? It's finding that small joy that really brings your mind to the present and and allows you to slow down. All right, number four and also the last tip. Be aware of how you're spending your time and keep your expectations low. By becoming cognizant of what you were doing with your 24 hours in a day, you can start utilizing the first three tips more to start. So you, so you start with your time, right? Once you realize what you're doing, you can be like, oh, no, I don't want to actually do that like I was doing for the past five days in a row. Oh, I see. I need to start small and maybe implement a little moment of gratitude here. Or, wait, my morning coffee brings me joy. Why would I want to cut that out of my routine? Right? Just little things like that. And keeping your expectations low helps keep you from putting unrealistic pressure on yourself to do everything perfectly. Right? Um... Because, spoiler alert, you aren't going to do it perfectly. After all, you're only human, and you have to take it one day at a time. So, keeping those expectations low helps the unrealistic pressures to not be there. And then, gradually over time, you'll find you're just doing it all how you dreamed you would one day. Because you took it slow, you kept those expectations low and you learn to say no, right? Just all these little tips combined, plus other tips out there and just other things that happen when you start living this way. It's, it's a little hard to explain into words. Like once I started recording this, I was like, huh, this is a little bit difficult to explain to someone who's not like already in the thick of it. But just keep in mind, you're not gonna do it perfectly. It's not going to happen all in one day. Take it one day at a time. You're only human. And now, it's time for the quote for this episode. And today's quote is from Oscar Wilde in his book, De Profundis, The Ballad of Reading, Go and Other Writings. And it reads, With freedom, books, flowers, and the moon, who could not be happy. And that quote is kind of talking about finding happiness from within. Because you're not going to find your happiness externally. Sure things can make you happy, but it's not long lasting. So you've got to look within and find your happiness. And then those external things will just add to it. Freedom, books, flowers, and the moon. And I have not read that book, but it's a quote that I really like. And I think in this way, it can resonate with some of you, hopefully. And that's all that I have for you today. So until next time, I will talk to you later. thank you for joining me at the table today. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to give it a rating on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Your feedback is very valuable to me. And if you'd like to follow along for more at earth to Brenna on Instagram, I will talk to you all next time. Bye for now.